welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we'll go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. The Gospel of Luke chapter number 24. Begin reading at verse number 44. Amen. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. Thank you, praise team. Amen. Really, uh, we've said this little tongue-in-cheek, but it's so true. Every Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And... uh, Every Sunday is a good time for somebody to get the Holy Ghost or get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter number 24, beginning at verse number 44. Then he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that in all things, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. I love verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. Listen, when you're reading your Bible, you got to pray, God, open my understanding. I've had people say, well, I read the Bible and it don't make sense to me because he's not opening your understanding because you haven't asked for it yet. But the Bible says if you ask for wisdom, he gives it liberally. Amen. He opened their understanding. Verse 46. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What's that name? Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. Everybody say, as far as Bethany. Then the Bible said, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Verse 50 says, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. I want to preach to you this afternoon on this thought from the blessing of Bethany to the promise of Pentecost. From the blessing of Bethany to the promise of Pentecost. Amen. And For those of you that were there this morning, you're going to get a double dose of this message today. And so I hope you're twice as blessed. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the life. We thank you for the joy and the peace and the direction that comes from your word. Lord Jesus, I'm asking, would you open our understanding today? Would you supernaturally, God, remove any hindrance, remove anything that would keep us from understanding your word. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone in this place that needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, that you would feel them today. 
there's anyone that needs a healing, that you would heal them today. If anyone needs a deliverance, you would deliver them today. For, Lord, we know and we believe that there is nothing that you cannot do. We thank you on this birth date of the church. We thank you for Pentecost. And we thank you, Lord, for what you did on that day. In Jesus' name. And the church said amen. And would you just clap your hands to the Lord for a moment? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Look at somebody and tell them from the blessing of Bethany to the promise of Pentecost. At the time of our text, the disciples had been on quite an emotional roller coaster ride. Many highs and many lows. They had witnessed within just the past few weeks their leader, Jesus Christ, their Messiah, open the blinded eyes and perform other miracles. They were with him when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray with fervency and heaviness. They were there when the soldiers came and took him away from highs to lows and just when you didn't think the lows could get any lower. They not only saw him arrested and taken into the custody of these people, they saw Simon Peter cut off the ear of Caiaphas' uh, soldier and bodyguard, Malchemus, and then they saw him taken into the house of Caiaphas and beaten. That same Simon Peter would then deny Christ. They would watch from a distance as the angry crowd would scream, crucify him and call for his blood. This same crowd who just days earlier, they were on the high of hearing this crowd scream, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it swung from this great high to this tremendous low. They were near as he was beaten in the palace of Pilate and eventually placed upon a cruel, rugged cross to die. And no doubt they were dealing with all kinds of mixed emotions and even somewhat confused by all the events that were taking place at such a hectic pace. Jesus had died and now was resurrected, and he revealed himself to the disciples. And if you are following that train of extreme highs and extreme lows, then you can look at the emotional contrast of the scriptures of Luke chapter 24 and beginning in verse 38. And I'm going to read these uh, just for continuity's sake out of the NIV. And it's, he said unto them in verse 38, why are you troubled? And why do you, uh, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as ye see I have. When he said this he showed them his hands and his feet and while they uh, still did not believe because of joy and amazement he asked them do you have anything here to eat because nothing is more uh, in such an infallible proof than somebody that's ready to eat Notice the disciples, they went from being troubled and doubtful to having joy and amazement. It's amazing what a good meal will do. They went from crisis 
to, to crying tears of joy when they realized what had happened. And if you drop down to verse number 44, he, Jesus said unto them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He said, and you are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. They had been with him and still they did not understand that it wasn't going to come in the manner they thought that it was going to come. So the Bible says that Jesus opened their understanding to the scriptures concerning his purpose for coming. You see, he had performed many miracles. He had walked on water. He had spit in the mud and opened blinded eyes. He had raised a four-day dead body in his best friend Lazarus. He had stopped funeral processions and caused the dead to live again. He had fed the thousands with uh, just a few little crackers and sardines. Uh, amen. He said, that, uh, but uh, with all of that, he said, that's not my purpose for coming. That's what I'm doing while I'm here, but that's not my purpose. Amen. He said in your text, this is what is written. Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Amen. The purpose of Jesus coming to this earth was not so he could feed 5,000 hungry people. And it wasn't just that he could walk on water, but his mission was to seek and save that which was lost. The mission of Jesus was to find the broken, the lost, and the destitute and redeem them. To find the sinner and save them. This is what, what the disciples saw him doing for three and a half years of his ministry. Amen. But his purpose was fulfilling the promise. His purpose was to bring the promise to mankind. And that promise was Pentecost. Jesus said, and behold, I send you the promise of my Father. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or you be clothed with power from on high. And then the Bible said they led him out as far, he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. I cannot imagine what an incredible experience that was. He just had a dinner with him. They had been, he had been with them 40 days showing himself alive and then he leads them out to Bethany and he lifts up his hands and and he blesses them. He lifts up his hands and he pronounces a blessing on them. Jesus blessed the disciples. Amen. I want to tell you, God wants to bless your life. God wants to bless your home. God wants to bless you. 
Amen. The, the, the Greek word blessed there is the word, amen, it is uh, uh, eulogio. It, it is the Greek phrase that means to speak well of. It means to, in a religious sense, to bless, to pronounce a, a favor, to thank or to invoke benediction upon, to pronounce prosperity over. This blessing was important because it was here that Jesus imparted to his disciples the instruction to go beyond the current blessing at Bethany to the promise that was going to await them at Jerusalem. I want to tell you something this afternoon. There is blessing in serving God. There is blessing in following after Jesus. There is blessing in walking after him. If you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. You may have trouble in this life, but you'll have blessing from God. You may have tribulation and trials, but you will have blessing from God. You may have sickness, but you will have blessing from God. And I don't care if the whole world curses me. As long as Jesus is blessing me, I know everything's going to be okay when I walk in favor with him. Amen. Somebody shout, he blessed them. He lifted up his hands over that crowd and he blessed them. Amen. Right there at the edge of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Amen. Then he told them, amen, that you now need to go into the city and you need to seek the promise of the Father. So many people live for God seeking the blessing rather than the promise. And there is a vast difference between the blessing of God and the promise of God. A lot of people will spend their entire Christian existence just trying to find the blessing of God, not realizing that if you just walk in fellowship with him, you're already going to be blessed. But Jesus said, don't seek the blessing, seek the promise, because there's a promise coming for your life. There's a promise for your path. There's a promise for your family. There's a promise for your life. Amen. Amen. Let me just stop and say this because Jesus said, Amen, go into Jerusalem and seek the promise of the Father. Amen. I, I want to just stop and just say this right here. And I don't, I'm not trying to cross theological swords with anybody. And I'm not trying to win an argument or a debate because I'm not going to argue something that's true. Amen. But for those that get caught up saying that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is nothing more than just an added blessing, well, then you've got to argue. With Jesus, because if the Holy Ghost was a blessing, he would have said, Go get the blessing from the Father. That's not what he said. He said, Go get the promise of the Father, which is going to come upon you. The blessing was at Bethany, the Holy Ghost baptism was the promise. When you got filled with the Holy Ghost and you spoke in tongues as the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost, that was not a blessing. That was the promise of God for your life. When you received the Holy Ghost, you got more than a blessing. You got an eternal promise that he that is with you shall be in you. I'm not walking in blessing because I got the Holy Ghost. I'm walking in promise because I got the Holy Ghost. Don't get it confused. Don't get it wrong. Amen. The Holy Ghost is not a blessing. It is a promise. 
it is a guarantee. The Bible lets us know that it was here that Jesus ascended up into glory. Amen. And not to be seen again in the flesh by the disciples. It was also here at Bethany that we are told by theologians and scholars. Amen. That some, some disciples, not of the initial 12, but some of the disciples came back to this place at the edge of Bethany. They considered it very hallowed ground. And there they would build memorials. And they would build sacred artifacts unto the Lord. Because he he had ascended from that place. Amen. But the disciples understood the importance of leaving Bethany. They realized the significance is not where he left, but where he was coming back. The power was not where he went from, but the power was where he was coming back. And while some of the crowd said, I think I'll hang out and build a statue, the rest said, I think I'll go from blessing to promise. I think I'll go where he told me to go. Do what he told me to do. Don't get me wrong, I want the blessing of God in my life, but I also want the promise of God. Man, the disciples realized at this point that there was more for them than what, what had preceded Bethany. There was more for them than just a blessing. There was more than that for, for humanity than just a miraculous birth. There was more than mankind besides an incredible life that Jesus lived without sin. There was even more for humanity than the Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. There was far more for you and I and humanity than just the ascension of Christ. There was more for the disciples than just a blessing at Bethany. So the disciples made the journey from the mountains of Bethany down into the city of Jerusalem and right then and there, they made up their mind. Amen. They weren't going to just dwell in the blessings of Bethany, but they were going to go to the promise of Pentecost. Now listen to the rest of the story as Dr. Luke concludes his book in, chapter, in, in, in verse 52, and it says, and they worshiped him. They worshiped him as he left. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. And Dr. Luke concludes his book or his epistle. And then later on he picks up another pen or a quill. And we pick up the continuity, the continuum of the thought of Luke as he opens up in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, I'll read from the new, in the NIV. He says, in my former book, O Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. One, he had supper with them. Amen. That's what we're going to do at 242. I know Jesus is alive. We're going to eat. He appeared unto them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father has promised, which ye have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
Then in verse 8 he said, And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Then you go down to verse 12, and Dr. Luke is, is writing, amen, and he gets into verse 12 and he says, And they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the upper room where they were staying. Those present with Peter were, those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. In other words, Luke said, don't, don't get it confused that not only was the disciples there, amen, but the siblings of Jesus was there and the mother of Jesus was there. Let me say this to all of you precious people, amen, that, that follow after. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this to be uh, mean or, or caustic, but to all of you that might follow the Catholic religion, let me tell you, Mary was one of the first people to speak in tongues as she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I shouldn't have to convince you that Mary did speak in tongues. Honey, you need to tell me why you don't speak with tongues if they spoke with tongues. And then Luke continues. He's writing in Acts chapter 1. He is writing. He is telling. He is continuing his thought where he left off at the Mount of Olives. Amen. In that chapter of Luke. In chapter 1, he is picking up on the fact that now they are going. Amen. It's like the sequel to the epistle of Luke. And now you are seeing them descend down from the Mount of Olives. You see them go into the upper room. I don't know how big that room was, but there was at least 120 people and there was probably three times that amount because they didn't count the women. Amen. There was probably over 300 people and I don't know how big that upper room was, but that must have been one big honking room up there to get that many people up in there. And then they prayed for 10 days and fasted for 10 days. And, and Luke is writing this and he is letting us know who all is there and what they are doing there because they understood they could either hang out with the blessing of Bethany or they could go on and find the promise of Pentecost and by the time that Dr. Luke gets to the second chapter of his book he says and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and in one place when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You can stay in Bethany if you want to, but I want the promise and the power of Pentecost. Oh, I feel Pentecost in this place right now. We've been praying, we've been seeking, we've been asking God, give us a renewal of Pentecost. We don't just want it to be a part of our name. We don't just want it to be a part of our mission, but we want it to be a part of our life, that we walk in the Holy Ghost power. Yeah. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. There are too many church goers that are doing nothing more than dwelling at Bethany. There are too many that fill our churches. Amen. They know how to dance at Bethany. They know how to run the aisles at Bethany. They know how to shout at Bethany. But they've never lived in the promise that God has sent for their life. They are content with the blessing. But they never dare make the consecration to go further into the promise of God. Listen, God is moving in America. God is moving moving in California. God is moving in our churches. But there are too many that are satisfied with the Bethany blessing. But I feel in this house this afternoon there are some people that are saying, thank you Jesus for the blessing of Bethany. But I want the power and the promise of Pentecost. I want you to do what you want to do in my life. So many people, so many people are so satisfied, amen, with their current spiritual status that they have no desire to draw nearer to God. They're content dwelling at Bethany. Many stop following Jesus at a certain point because they simply want to live off the past blessings. And that is those disciples who build the memorial on top of, Beth, uh, on top of Bethany. Amen. They don't realize there's more to living for God than just goosebumps. They don't realize there's more to living for God than just a shimmy and a shake. They don't, they don't realize there's more to living for God than just coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday. That there's more to living for God because God's got a promise for your life. And when I say God's got a promise for your life, what I mean is God's got a destiny for your life. God's got a plan for your life. I'm encouraging somebody here this afternoon. If you've never walked into the fullness of the promise of Pentecost. You need to move out of Bethany's blessing zip code and step into Jerusalem and begin to seek the promise that God has for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When 120 got in the upper room and they began to pray and seek the face of God, they were no longer concerned with Bethany's blessing. They were no longer content with the miracles that happened to the lepers. They were no longer satisfied with the dead being raised and blind eyes being opened for all of those blessing and miracles had been to others. But they finally got desperate enough to say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer not my brother not my sister but it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer god's got a promise for your life and if you're willing to seek him if you're willing to tarry if you're willing to pursue if you're willing to knock if you're willing to ask if you're willing to seek you will find it shall be opened unto you Oh, lift your voice to heaven right now. Come on, I feel it moving in this place. So I ask you this question today as I begin to close this message. Are you satisfied with your current status with God? Or you do you want more? Let me be clear. I'm not talking about more money in the bank. I'm not talking about a better car or a better house. I'm talking about more of him. More of him. More of him. More of him. 
Do you believe that there is more for you? Do you believe that you've gotten everything that God can do or do you believe that there's more for your life? Do you believe that God has tapped out all of his promised potential in you or do you believe that the best is still yet to come? Do you believe I've gotten all that I can get or do you believe I have just begun to scratch the surface of what God wants to do in my life? As a matter of fact, there's something in me that says God ain't even began to start working with me yet. I may have been serving God one day, 10 years. You may have been serving God ever since Noah got off the ark. But God has got something for my life. God's got a promise for my life. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go from Bethany's blessing to Pentecost promise because there is power, there is demonstration, amen, and there is relationship with God. Because the truth is, God has more for everybody in this place. No one has tapped into everything God has for us. Why do you think we're believing for a new building? Because we want Pentecost promise. I know God can bless me more, but I'm pretty blessed. I just want Pentecost. I want to see Pentecost hit Solano County. I want to see Pentecost hit Vacaville. I want to see Pentecost hit Yolo County and Woodland. I want to see Pentecost sweep through this place in an unquenchable, irresistible, undeniable move of the Holy Ghost. But I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take you tearing down your altar on Bethany and moving down to Jerusalem and saying, it's not about Bethany's blessing, but it's about Pentecost promise and Pentecost power and Pentecost cost demonstration oh would you lift your hands and your voice to heaven I feel Pentecost beginning to stir in this house right now go ahead stand with me I feel him in this place Jesus 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 See, a blessing may not be for everybody. God gave blessings to some people. He didn't give to other people. But a promise. See, healing is not even a blessing. Healing is a promise. He blessed some people with other things he didn't bless some other folks with. He blessed some of y'all to be very talented and very smart. And then he passed up people like me. He blessed some with this, but not others. And it doesn't make him an inequitable God. Because the one thing he gives universally is his promise. He said, I'll bless you at Bethany, but I have a promise for you in Jerusalem. That's why Peter would come out of the doors of Pentecost staggering drunk under the power of the Holy Ghost and say, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you 
and to your children. Pentecost is for you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is for you. Because the Acts chapter 2 promise of God is not a blessing. It's a promise. You say, well, no, Pastor, I'm blessed with the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. You are promised the Holy Ghost. Because if it's a blessing, it's not mandatory. But he said the promise was for everybody. I'm going to tell you, if you've never received the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with tongues as it was in Acts chapter 2, you can receive it today. If you received it, but you haven't, you haven't experienced it in a long time, you can get it today. Maybe you just spoke in tongues five minutes ago. I got good news for you. The promise is still effective right now. Because Pentecost, it just isn't about speaking in tongues. It's about demonstrative power of God. The power to be witnesses. The power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The power to cast out demons. I wonder if there's anybody this afternoon that say, I thank God for Bethany's blessing, but I want to come in contact with Pentecost promise. Maybe you feel like there's something more that God has for your life and you can't quite put your finger on it. I want you to know that this place is open for you right now to receive the promise of Pentecost. And it doesn't matter if it's your first time or if this is your 50th year, you can receive the Pentecost promise right now because God has more than just a blessing or a feeling for your life. Would you lift your hands where you are right now and just begin to pray as the Spirit of Almighty God begins to sweep through this house. Hallelujah. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's time for somebody's life to be changed. It's time to go from Bethany's blessing to Pentecost promise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and begin to pray and lift that voice in just a few seconds. I want to open these altars. Amen. To everybody that wants the promise of Pentecost in your life. Lord Jesus, I pray right now. Let your spirit and your glory, oh God, let your power sweep through this place. For those, Lord, that are pursuing the promise of Pentecost, Lord, all that you have for our life. God, I pray right now, would you let the fresh wind of Pentecost begin to blow throughout this hallowed place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you want more, if you want the promise of Pentecost in your life, I want you to meet us in this altar right now. If you want Pentecost in your life fresh, if you want it renewed in your life, I want to open this altar for everyone that wants Pentecost. In the name of Jesus, come on, that's it. There is a promise in Pentecost. Come on, that's it. You can receive it right now. You need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. You can be renewed right now. You need a healing. You can be healed right now.
I'm going to go from Bethany to Jerusalem. From the blessing to the promise. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.